Section 9 of Philosophical Rudiments Concerning Government and Society by Thomas Hobbes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Church. Chapter 7 Of the Three Kinds of Government Democracy, Aristocracy, Monarchy. 1. That there are three kinds of government only democracy, aristocracy, monarchy. 2 oligarchy is not a diverse form of government distinct from aristocracy nor anarchy any form at all three that a tyranny is not a diverse state from a legitimate monarchy four that there cannot be a mixed state fashioned out of these several species five that democracy except there be certain times and places of meeting prefixed is dissolved six in a democracy the intervals of times of meeting must be short or the administration of government during the interval committed to some one seven in a democracy particulars contract with particulars to obey the people the people is obliged to no man eight by what acts aristocracy is constituted nine in an aristocracy the nobles make no compact neither are they obliged to any citizen or to the whole people 10. The nobles must necessarily have their set meetings. 11. By what act monarchy is constituted? 12. Monarchy is by compact obliged to none for the authority it hath received. 13. Monarchy is ever in the readiest capacity to exercise all those acts which are requisite to good government. 14 what kind of sin that is and what sort of men are guilty of it when the city performs not its office towards the citizens nor the citizens towards the city fifteen a monarch made without limitation of time hath power to elect his successor sixteen of limited monarchs seventeen a monarch retaining his right of government cannot by any promise whatsoever be conceived to have parted with his right to the means necessary to the exercise of his authority. 18. How a citizen is freed from subjection. 1. We have already spoken of a city by institution and its genus. We will now say somewhat of its species. As for the difference of cities, it is taken from the difference of the persons to whom the supreme power is committed. This power is committed either to one man, or council, or some one court, consisting of many men. Furthermore, a council of many men consists either of all the citizens, insomuch as every man of them hath a right to vote, and an interest in the ordering of the greatest affairs, if he will himself, or of a part only. For whence there arise three sorts of government, the one, when the power is in a council, where every citizen hath a right to vote, and it is called a democracy. The other, when it is in a council, where not all but some part only have their suffrages, and we call it an aristocracy. The third is that when the supreme authority rests only in one, and it is styled a monarchy. In the first, he that governs is called demos, the people. In the second, the nobles. In the third, the monarch. 2. Now, although the ancient writers of politics have introduced three other kinds of government opposite to these, to wit, anarchy or confusion of democracy, oligarchy, that is, the command of some few, to aristocracy, and tyranny to monarchy. Yet are these three distinct forms of government, but three diverse titles, 
given by those who were either displeased with that present government or those that bear rule for men by giving names do usually not only signify the things themselves but also their own affections as love hatred anger and the like whence it happens that what one man calls a democracy another calls an anarchy what one counts an aristocracy another esteems an oligarchy and whom one titles a king another styles him a tyrant so as we see these names betoken not a diverse kind of government but the diverse opinions of the subjects concerning him who hath the supreme power for first who sees not that anarchy is equally opposite to all the aforenamed forms for that word signifies that there is no government at all that is not any city but how is it possible that no city could be the species of a city furthermore what difference is there between an oligarchy which signifies the command of a few or of grandees or an aristocracy which is that of the prime or chief heads more than that men differ so among themselves that the same thing seems not good to all men whence it happens that those persons who by some are looked on as the best are by others esteemed to be the worst of all men three but men by reason of their passions will very hardly be persuaded that a kingdom and tyranny are not diverse kinds of cities who though they would have the city subject to one than many yet do they not believe it to be well governed unless it accord with their judgments but we must discover by reason and not by passion what the difference is between a king and a tyrant but first they differ not in this that a tyrant hath the greater power for greater than the supreme cannot be granted nor in this that one hath a limited power the other not for he whose authority is limited is no king but his subject that limits him lastly neither differ they in the manner of acquisition for if in a democratical or aristocratical government some one citizen should by force possess himself of the supreme power if he gain the consent of all the citizens he becomes a legitimate monarch if not he is an enemy not a tyrant they differ therefore in the sole exercise of their command insomuch as he is said to be a king who governs well and he a tyrant that does otherwise the case therefore is brought to this pass that a king legitimately constituted in his government if he seemed to his subjects to rule well and to their liking they afford him the appellation of a king if not they count him a tyrant wherefore we see a kingdom and tyranny are not diverse forms of government but one in the self-same monarch hath the name of a king given him in point of honour and reverence to him and that of a tyrant in way of contumely and reproach but what we frequently find in books said against tyrants took its original from greek and roman writers whose government was partly democratical and partly aristocratical and therefore not tyrants only but even kings were odious to them four there are who indeed do think it necessary that a supreme command should be somewhere extant in a city but if it should be in any one either man or council it would follow they say that all citizens must be slaves avoiding this condition they imagine that there may be a certain form of government compounded of those three kinds which we have spoken of yet different from each particular which they call a mixed monarchy or mixed aristocracy or mixed democracy according as any one of these three sorts shall be more eminent than the rest 
For example, if the naming of magistrates and the arbitration of war and peace should belong to the king, judicature to the lords, and contribution of monies to the people, and the power making laws to all together, this kind of state would they call a mixed monarchy forsooth. But if it were possible that there could be such a state, it would no whit advantage the liberty of the subject. For as long as they all agree, each single citizen is as much subject as possibly he can be. But if they disagree, the state returns to a civil war and the right of the private sword, which certainly is much worse than any subjection whatsoever. But that there can be no such kind of government hath been sufficiently demonstrated in the foregoing chapter, Articles 6 through 12. Footnote. Most men grant that a government ought not to be divided, but they wouldn't have it moderated and bounded by some limits. Truly it is very reasonable that it should be so. But if these men, when they speak of moderating and limiting, do understand dividing it, they make a very fond distinction. Truly, for my part, I wish that not only kings, but all other persons endued with supreme authority, would so temper themselves as so as to commit no wrong, and only minding their charges, contain themselves within the limit of the natural and divine laws. But they who distinguish thus, they would have the chief power bounded and restrained by others, which, because it cannot be done, but they who do set the limits must needs have some part of the power, whereby they may be enabled to do it, the government is properly divided, not moderated. End of footnote. 5. Let us see a little now in the constituting of each form of government what the constitutors do. Those who met together with intention to erect a city were almost in the very act of meeting a democracy. For in that they willingly met, they are supposed obliged to the observation of what shall be determined by the major part, which while the convent lasts or is adjourned to some certain days and places, is a clear democracy. For that convent, whose will is the will of all the citizens, hath the supreme authority. And because in this convent every man is supposed to have a right to give his voice, it follows that it is a democracy, by this definition given in the first article of this chapter. But if they depart and break up convent, and appoint no time or place where and when they shall meet again, the public wheel returns to anarchy, and the same state it stood in before their meeting, that is, to the state of all men warring against all. The people, therefore, retains the supreme power, no longer than there is a certain day and place publicly appointed and known, to which whatsoever will may resort. For except that be known and determined, they may either meet at diverse times and places, that is, in the factions, or not at all. And that it is no longer demos, the people, but a dissolute multitude, to whom we can neither attribute any action or right. Two things therefore frame a democracy, whereof one, to wit, the perpetual prescription of convents, makes demos the people, the other, which is a plurality of voices, takratos, or the power. 6. Furthermore, it will not be sufficient for the people, so as to maintain its supremacy, to have some certain known times and places of meeting, unless that either intervals of the times be of less distance than that anything may be in the meantime happen whereby by reason of the defect of power the city may be brought into some danger or at least that the exercise of the supreme authority be during the interval granted to some one man or council 
For unless this be done, there is not that wary care and heed taken for the defence and peace of single men, which ought to be, and therefore it will not deserve the name of a city, because that in it, for want of security, every man's right of defending himself at his own pleasure returns to him again. 7. Democracy is not framed by contract of particular persons with the people, but by mutual compacts of single men each with another. But hence it appears, in the first place, that the persons contracting must be in being before the contract itself. But the people is not in being before the constitution of government, as not being any person but a multitude of single persons. Wherefore there could be no contract passed between people and the subject. Now, if after that government is framed, the subject make any contract with the people, it is in vain, because the people contains within its will the will of that subject, to whom it is supposed to be obliged, and therefore may at its own will and pleasure disengage itself, and by consequence is now actually free. But in the second place, that single persons do contract each with uh, each other may be inferred from hence, that in vain sure would the city have been constituted if the citizens had been engaged by no contracts to do or omit what the city should command to be done or omitted. Because, therefore, such kind of compacts must be understood to pass as necessary to the making up of a city, but none can be made, as is already showed, between subject and the people, it follows that they must be made between single citizens, namely that each man contract to submit his will to the will of the major part, on condition that the rest also do the like. As if every one should say thus, I give up my rights unto the people for your sake, on condition you also deliver up yours for mine. 8. An aristocracy or council of nobles endowed with supreme authority receives its original from a democracy, which gives up its right unto it where we must understand that certain men distinguished from others either by eminence or title blood or some other character are propounded to the people and by plurality of voices are elected and being elected the whole right of the people or city is conveyed on them insomuch as whatsoever the people might do before the same by right may by this court of elected nobles now do which being done it is clear that the people considered as one person its supreme authority being already transferred on these is now no longer in being nine as in democracy the people so in an aristocracy the court of nobles is free from all manner of obligation for seeing subjects not contracting with the people but by mutual compacts among themselves were tied to all that the people did hence also they were tied to that act of the people in resigning up its right of government into the hands of nobles neither could this court although elected by the people be by it obliged anything for being erected the people is at once dissolved as was declared above and the authority it had as being a person utterly vanisheth wherefore the obligation which was due to the person must also vanish and perish together with it Ten aristocracy hath these considerations together with democracy first that without an appointment of some certain times and places at which the court of nobles may meet it is no longer a court or one person but a dissolute multitude without any supreme power secondly that the times of their assembling cannot be disjointed by long intervals without prejudice to the supreme power unless its administration be transferred to some one man 
Now the reasons why this happens are the same which we set down in the fifth article. 11. As an aristocracy, so also a monarchy is derived from the power of the people, transferring its right, that is, its authority, on one man. Here also we must understand that some one man, either by name or some other token, is propounded to be taken notice of above all the rest, and that by a plurality of voices the whole right of the people is conveyed on him, insomuch as whatsoever the people could do before he were elected, the same in every respect may he by right now do, being elected. Which being done, the people is no longer one person, but a rude multitude, as being only one before by virtue as of the supreme command, whereof they now have made a conveyance from themselves on this one man. 12. And therefore neither doth the monarch oblige himself to any for the command he receives, for he receives it from the people. But as hath been showed above, the people, as soon as that act is done, ceaseth to be a person. But the person vanishing, all obligation to the person vanisheth. The subjects, therefore, are tied to perform obedience to the monarch by those compacts only by which they mutually oblige themselves to the observation of all that the people should command them, that is, to obey the monarch, if he were made by the people. 13. But a monarchy differs as well from an aristocracy as a democracy, in this chiefly, that in those there must be certain set times and places for deliberation and consultation of affairs, that is, for the actual exercise of it in all times and places. For the people or the nobles not being one natural person must necessarily have their meetings. The monarch, who is one by nature, is always in a present capacity to execute his authority. 14. Because we have declared above, in Articles 7, 9, and 12, that they who have gotten the supreme command are by no compacts obliged to any man, it necessarily follows that they can do no injury to the subjects. For injury, according to the definition made in Chapter 3, Article 3, is nothing else but a breach of contract, and therefore, where no contracts have part, there can be no injury. Yet the people, the nobles, and the monarch may diverse ways transgress against the other laws of the nature, as by cruelty, iniquity, contumely, and other like vices, which come not under this strict and exact notion of injury. But if the subject yield not obedience to the supreme, he will in propriety of speech be said to be injurious, as well to his fellow subjects, because each man hath compacted with the other to obey, as to his chief ruler, in resuming that right which he hath given him without his consent. And in a democracy or aristocracy, if anything be decreed against any law of nature, the city itself, that is, the civil person, sins not, but those subjects only by whose votes it was decreed. For sin is a consequence of the natural express will, not of the political, which is artificial. For if it were otherwise, they would be guilty by whom the decree was absolutely disliked. But in a monarchy, if the monarch makes any decree against the laws of nature, he sins himself, because in him the civil will and the natural are all one. 15. The people who are about to make a monarch may give him the supremacy either simply without limitation of time or for a certain season and time determined. If simply, we must understand that he who receives it hath the self-same power which they had who gave it, 
on the same grounds, therefore, that the people by right could make him a monarch, may he make another monarch. Insomuch as the monarch to whom the command is simply given receives a right not of possession only, but of succession also, so as he may declare whom he pleaseth for his successor. 16. But if the power be given for a time limited, we must have regard to somewhat more than the bare gift only. First, whether the people conveying its authority left itself any right to meet at certain times and places or not. Next, if it have reserved this power, whether it were done so as they might meet before the time were expired, which they prescribed to the monarch. Thirdly, whether they were contented to meet only at the will of that temporary monarch, and not otherwise. Suppose now the people had delivered up its power to some one man for term of life only, which being done, let us suppose in the first place, that every man departed from the council without making any order at all concerning the place where after his death they should meet again to make a new election. In this case it is manifest by the fifth article of this chapter that the people ceaseth to be a person, and is that become dissolute multitude, every one whereof hath an equal, to wit, a natural right to meet with whom he lists at diverse times, and in what places shall best please him. Nay, if he can engross the supreme power to himself, and settle it on his own head. What monarch soever, therefore, hath a command in such a condition, he is bound by the law of nature, set down in chapter 3, article 8, of not returning evil for good, prudently to provide that by his death the city suffer not a disillusion, either by appointing a certain day and place in which those subjects of his, who have a mind to it, may assemble themselves, or else by nominating a successor. Whether of these shall to him seem most conducible to their common benefit. He therefore, who on this foresaid manner hath received his command during life, hath an absolute power, and may at his discretion dispose of the succession. In the next place, if we grant that the people departed not from the election of the temporary monarch, before they decreed a certain time and place of meaning after his death, then the monarch being dead, the authority is confirmed in the people, not by any new acts of the subjects, but by virtue of the former right. For all the supreme command as dominion was in the people, but the use and exercise of it was only in the temporary monarch, as in one that takes the benefit, but hath not the right. But if the people, after the election of a temporary monarch, depart not from the court before they have appointed certain times and places to convene during the time prescribed him, as the dictators in ancient times were made by the people of Rome, such a one is not to be accounted a monarch, but the prime officer of the people. And if it shall seem good, the people may deprive him of his office even before that time, as the people of Rome did, when they conferred an equal power on Minutius, master of the horse, with Quintus Fabius Maximus, whom they had made dictator. The reason whereof is that it is not to be imagined that he, whether man or counsel, who hath the readiest and most immediate power to act, should hold his command on such terms as not to be able actually to execute it. For command is nothing else but a right of commanding, as oft as nature allows it possible. Lastly, if the people having declared a temporary monarch, depart from the court on such terms, as it shall not be lawful for them to meet without the command of the monarch, we must understand the people to be immediately dissolved, and that his authority, 
who is thus declared as absolute forasmuch as it is not in the power of all subjects to frame the city anew unless he give consent who hath now alone his authority nor matters it that he hath perhaps made any promise to assemble his subjects on some certain times since there remains no person now in being but at his discretion to whom the promise was made what we have spoken of these four cases of a people electing a temporary monarch will be more clearly explained by comparing them with an absolute monarch who hath no heir apparent for the people is the lord of the subject in such a manner as there can be no heir but whom itself doth appoint besides the spaces between the times of the subject's meeting may be fitly compared to those times wherein the monarch sleeps for in either the acts of commanding cease the power remains furthermore to dissolve the convent so as it cannot meet again is the death of the people just as sleeping so as he can never wake more is the death of a man as therefore a king who hath no heir going to his rest so as never to rise again that is dying if he commit the exercise of his regal authority to any one till he awake does by consequence give him the succession the people also electing a temporary monarch and not reserving a power to convene delivers up to him the whole dominion of the country furthermore as a king going to sleep for some reason and entrusts the administration of his kingdom to some other and waking takes it again so the people having elected a temporary monarch and withal retaining a right to meet at a certain day and place at that day receives its supremacy again and as a king who hath committed the execution of his authority to another himself in the meanwhile waking can recall this commission again when he pleaseth so the people who during the time prescribed to the temporary monarch doth by right convene may if they please deprive the monarch of his authority lastly the king who commits his authority to another while he himself sleeps not being able to wake again till he whom he has trusted give consent loses at once both his power and his life so the people who hath given the supreme power to a temporary monarch in such sort as they cannot assemble without his command is absolutely dissolved and the power remains with him whom they have chosen seventeen if the monarch promise aught to any one or many subjects together by consequence whereof the exercise of his power may suffer prejudice that promise or compact whether made by oath or without it is null for all compact is a conveyance of right which by what hath been said in the fourth article of the second chapter requires meet and proper signs of the will in the conveyor but he who sufficiently signifies his will of retaining the end doth also sufficiently declare that he quits not his right to the means necessary to that end now he who hath promised to part with somewhat necessary to the supreme power and yet retains the power itself gives sufficient tokens that he no otherwise promised it than so far forth as the power might be retained without it whensoever there it shall appear that what is promised cannot be performed without prejudice to the power the promise must be valued as not made that is of no effect eighteen we have seen how subjects nature dictating have obliged themselves by mutual compacts to obey the supreme power we will see now by what means it comes to pass that they are released from these bonds of obedience and first of all this happens by rejection namely if a man cast off or forsake but convey not the right of his command on some other 
for what is thus rejected is openly exposed to all alike catch who catch can whence again by the right of nature every subject may heed the preservation of himself according to his own judgment in the second place if the kingdom fall into the power of the enemy so as there can be no more opposition be made against them we must understand that he who before had the supreme authority hath now lost it for when the subjects have done their full endeavour to prevent the falling into the enemy's hands they have fulfilled those contracts of obedience which they made each with each other and what being conquered they promised afterwards to avoid death they must with no less endeavour labour to perform thirdly in a monarchy for a democracy and aristocracy cannot fail if there be no successor all the subjects are discharged from their obligations for no man is supposed to be tied he knows not to whom for in such a case it were impossible to perform aught and by these three ways all subjects are restored from their civil subjection to that liberty which all men have to all things to wit natural and savage for the natural state hath the same proportion to the civil i mean liberty to subjection which passion hath to reason or a beast to man furthermore each subject may lawfully be freed from his subjection by the will of him who hath the supreme power namely if he change his soil which may be done two ways either by permission as he who gets license to dwell in another country or by command as he who is banished in both cases he is free from the laws of his former country because he is tied to observe those of the latter end of section nine recording by geoffrey church